Well, I am so delighted to introduce a friend. I've known him for a number of years, and uh, we've gotten together in recent days, and just it's been fun to see God working through him and in him and around him. Uh, Jeff Eckert, welcome to our little podcast, Jeff. Yeah, good to see you, Randy. I'm privileged to be here. I'm excited about it. Let me tell you a little bit more about my friend Jeff. He lives in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area with his wife, Arianna. Together, they have three daughters. He is the lead pastor at this point of Daybreak Church. He's the founder and CEO of a ministry called Never the Same. We'll talk a little bit more about it. It's a national youth ministry. But what's also interesting, he also serves now as chairman of the executive board of the National Day of Prayer, and he also leads America's National Prayer Committee. That's a recently a, a change, promotion, whatever you might say. But anyhow, welcome, Jeff. It's it's going to be fun talking today. Yeah, excited. Thank you. So, um, you know, you live in West Michigan. This is exciting that the, the head of America's National Prayer Committee is now in West Michigan. This is cool. So tell me a little hey, about yeah. how did that come about? Jeff, how'd that happen? Oh, man, what a ride. Well, uh, I started um, really quick background. I started yeah. really getting involved in student-led prayer groups in 2003 in West Michigan. Started at East Kentwood High School. That developed just as I was a local church as a youth pastor and then started a national focus on getting kids to pray in school in 2009. And then in 2010, started going to this, these meetings by the National Prayer Committee. I didn't know what it was, but I started yeah. going, got interested in 2016. Um, they asked me to be on the board. And then uh, a mutual friend of ours, a dear brother, Dave Butts, who was the chairman for the last 20 years, uh, yeah. stepped over to the side of glory uh, yeah. in uh, the end of 2022. Mm -hmm. And so then the bode uh, the the board uh, voted me in, um, I think it was December 13th. So, yeah, I became the chairman then and was announced just a few weeks ago in January. I, I heard of that. I thought, no kidding. You know, the, the head of the National Prayer Committee is going to be in West Michigan, our place. Yeah. And somebody yeah. I know. That's, that's really exciting. Congratulations on that, Jeff. Thank yeah, you thank for you. taking that thank responsibility. You. I know it's a huge one. And being involved in the National Day of Prayer similarly, but uh, thank you so much for doing that. But I, I think people would love to get to know a little bit more. How in the world did you you get to the point of wanting to get involved in student prayer, starting at East Kentwood High School of all places? Where did that yeah. come from? Tell us a little of your your story. How did how did yeah, you I... get into prayer and even your relationship with the Lord, maybe just a little background on, on your testimony would sure. be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a Hoosier. I'm an Indiana kid. I grew up in Indianapolis. My dad was a bivocational pastor. Hmm. He was a pastor of our small neighborhood church and also a public high school teacher. So I really inherited, uh, I think from him, probably just a love and an understanding for young people early on. And, um, so kind of reluctantly felt this call the ministry full, you know, vocational ministry in high school, later in high school, and then went to college and uh, went to Indiana Wesleyan. Sure. Uh, not far from where I lived. Yep. And uh, 
And then from there, just started in youth ministry and, and did music some uh, for years. And one day in 2003, I was talking with Matt Lockett, who was a, my best friend and a dear friend growing up. We've known each other since second grade. And he's also a, really a, an incredible, prominent national and international prayer leader. Ironically enough, we never would have seen that coming as friends, but um talking to him in 2003, he lived in Denver, and he was telling me about prayer walks they did for their church. And they would walk around the perimeter of their uh, campus, about a mile or so radius, and just claim responsibility for that their neighborhood. And that just intrigued me. And we said, well, why don't we try that for our students? He worked as a volunteer youth worker in Denver at the time we lived in I was here in Grand Rapids, and so he said, let's do it. We started doing prayer walks once a year in 2003. Mm -hmm. And in 2005, we did our third prayer walk, so 0345 for our kids locally. Okay. Matt was doing it out in Denver with his kids. Yeah. And I had students come up to me and say, can we pray more often at our school? Hmm. And that was just an incredible uh, thing to be asked. You know, I never would have thought. Students would ask a question like that. And so we devised a plan to do weekly prayer groups. And um, so we started weekly prayer groups in 2005. And I think it's interesting. So East Kentwood High School is really, we had a few local high schools represented here in West Michigan where we live, but uh, East Kentwood was kind of our primary source mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. students for our youth group. We had a couple hundred kids in our high school program. And I met with a group of kids every Tuesday morning about, eight kids and what was at the time, I'm not sure now, but the largest public high school in the state of Michigan and 48 countries of origin at that time, which I think is really a part of the story. Yeah. Um, and now actually it's 60 countries, by the way, in the school represented in one student by then it was 48. And we met every Tuesday. It was really simple. Uh, before school, we would gather in the lobby area. And one day I just asked them this question, which really ended up changing my whole life. Wow. I asked them this question. What is it that you could pray for at this school that you could see a tangible result of what you're asking God to do? That's a good, and what, good question. You know, yeah. Yeah. How, what do you want to pray for that's specific? Yeah. Because up to that point, it was like, yeah you know, Lord, thank you for today and yep. bless us today bless, and help bless, us bless. and all those yep, nice yep. things. Yep, yeah. Yep. Very generic. Yep. And so they immediately said, you know, fighting is one of those things that is just happening more and more. Hmm. And uh, why don't we pray about that? So it was their idea. We started praying about it a few, about three months go by. And our pastor at the time, uh, Wayne Schmidt yep. came to our staff meeting and said, Hey, I was with Kentwood public school board last night. They reported some things. He he just gave us some updates. But then he said this. He threw it in at the end. He said, um, the school reported that there have been no fights in the last three months. And they can't figure out why this has happened. They haven't oh, done a convocation so cool. or any training or anything. And that just kind of, oh. you know, like I tell people, when you see God answer prayer, maybe I think maybe you and I even talked about this when we got together, Andy. He's like, yeah. When God answers prayer, for me at least, it's like the first time every time. I'm just like amazed. So I was amazed at that and shared it. And then the question began to 
really drive me crazy and keep me awake at night was what if every school in America had a prayer story like that? And I couldn't get away from that question. And so for the next few years, just, just continued to do that locally. And then in 2008, God really spoke to me and said, I want you to leave everything, put your job and, and pursue prayer in schools across America. So uh, after a few months of discernment, which took us into 2009, ended up doing that, taking a step of faith right during this crazy recession, mm-hmm. started the ministry. And then um, kind of that's, that's kind of how I got into it. So never the same. What does that mean? What's never the same? Well, what, what, so, I think I understand what you're saying, but amplify that just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yep. So the ministry, what we decided to call this prayer thing, when Matt and I were talking back in, in 2003, mm-hmm. we decided to call it Claim Your Campus. Okay. So Claim Your Campus was was the name that we always gave to this prayer movement and still the name today. And yep. And right around that same time with some other friends, I'd started a youth camp. Um, we didn't own property, but we used college campuses. We'd get together. Mm-hmm. And so when I started the nonprofit ministry, okay. I kind of had two components. Okay. I had our camp, which is called Never the Same NTS Camp, and then Claim Your Campus. Okay. And so I created this umbrella called mm. Never the Same. That's okay. our organizational name. I got so it. So under the umbrella of the National Youth Ministry called Never the Same, there's NTS Camp, Claim Your Campus, and a few other components. But mm-hmm. um, okay. so Claim Your Campus is that specific branch of our ministry that focuses on students praying in school. Got it. Got it. Well, you know, Jeff, uh, obviously prayer is a big part of, of your life or your ministry. And, you know, we're speaking to a bunch of Christians here that uh, are watching this uh, video and listening to this this uh, audio portion uh, as well of, of, of this podcast. And they say, yeah, prayer. Yeah, we're, we're all supposed to be praying for sure. Uh, and, you know, we do pray. And uh, but, you know, what's the big deal about prayer, you know? And yet, you know, we've you've mentioned Dave Butts, our mutual friend who's now in glory. What a great guy yeah. he was. Oh, I think man. maybe when we were together, I shared with you how he defined prayer that is, it always sticks with me. He says, prayer is the communication part of the most important love relationship that we have. And I love that. Mm. It's not just give me, help me, give me, help me, give me, help me, Jesus. It's two-way communication. And it's, I love you, God. And we hear him saying words of love to us and leading us. But what does prayer mean? Why does prayer mean so much to you? What does it mean to you? And why is that? Yeah, well, that's a That's, I remember you saying that about Dave's uh, definition, you know, over the years, Randy, too, I, I really committed when I started the ministry to really learn about prayer and obviously continue to practice prayer. And I've, and I've faithfully done that for the last 13 years. Um, and what's interesting to me is the more I know and have learned and experienced about prayer, I really have a very difficult time trying to define it. it and that's a crazy thing. I, I would, I, I kind of frustrate myself sometimes because I think after all these years, I should be able to distill <laughs> prayer. And, and I hear other people's definitions and I totally agree with them. But I also think, boy, how do you really take something that's so incredibly simple yet massive in its ramifications for us as God's people and for the world. And I, you know, sometimes I think prayer, I remember I've written definitions over the years. For me, prayer is one of the ways I think about it is it's, it's, 
being made aware of a need and then responding to that need. And that need might be a need for a deeper, closer, intimate relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, also, that need also might be an intercessory need where I see something that mm. in the world that's not right. Okay. And I want to pray on behalf of something else. Mm -hmm. But I feel like mm -hmm. as I've you know experienced prayer for me, it's the further I've I've grown and learned and, and understood. In fact, we were when we were praying this week with our staff for never the same was saying, you know, the further I go down the road, the less self-centered my prayers feel like they are in terms of things that really don't even relate to me. Um, and I find myself regressing sometimes when my prayers kind of go back to mainly being centered around myself and my own little world and my own needs. But I feel like prayer is obviously it's all those things, but to me, prayer is seeing what is a need that God is making me aware of? Because I really believe prayer begins and ends with God. The conversation revolves around him. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really has helped me is uh, Al Vandergren. I don't know if you've ever met or know Al. I, I He's a I prayer have. leader up in the, mm -hmm. yeah, up in the Pacific Northwest. And he mentioned something just casually in a, in a meeting I was in, and I really grasped onto it. It's this idea of what I call, I don't even know if you had a name for it, but, but 360 degree prayer is what I call it. And if you imagine a circle, God, the father at the top. Mm -hmm. And then if you go over, um, I'm trying to do it to where it makes sense for people watching, but yeah, yeah. down to the other end of the circle yep. and you have Christ uh, or you have the Holy spirit. So the Holy spirit takes the ideas of the father and it transmits it to us at the bottom of that circle where we hear the Holy spirit speaking to us of what the father's heart is. And as we pray, we continue that, that circle and we join in with Jesus, the son as he intercedes and takes those prayers back up to the father. And as I've thought about that, I've realized that prayer is listening first and foremost, it's hearing. I don't believe we ever pray without being prompted by God, whether we are aware of it or know yeah, it or not. I think so for right. those of you watching and listening, yeah, it's like when we pray, we're actually responding. The conversation's already begun. And when we're prompted to pray about something, we've already heard something from the Lord that we're bringing back to his heart. So that's yeah. really helped me as well, understand prayer. I, I like that. I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, as the new leader of, of the America's National Prayer Committee and also chairman of the board of the National Day of Prayer, you obviously get to see a perspective of prayer across you know our country. What are the what are the trends as far as amount of prayer, a, a fervency of prayer? For you know, just people involved in really engaging in prayer. Do you see any trends plus minus in any of these areas? I see, I really believe that uh, God got a hold of his church in 2020 in America, probably around the world too. But I believe that God really rattled the cages of, of his people, which has been a good thing. And I believe that um, there is a growing sense of what I see is throwing off the the distractions of things like disagreements or debates about 
things that that maybe previously seemed a lot more important to us like you know ideologies or theologies and right. and and I'm one I mean theology is important obviously sure is. and sure. and uh so we need to pay attention to those things but but what I've seen is I've seen the church unite more in the last couple of years especially mm-hmm. and, and really um really overcoming all the borders and boundaries that we've built with denominations and movements and personalities. And, and again, hmm. uh, I believe that all those things play their role. I, sure. I believe that denominations are important other things, but I think the prayer movement seems to be something that has crossed all those boundaries, particularly in the last two years. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I've always wondered, and I've posed this question for years and, I'm sure many of us watching this listening have too, is like, what, what would happen in our churches if we kind of got rid of the people that were lukewarm? Mm-hmm. And I think that for the most part has happened. And now we see what we got mm-hmm. and God is doing something. Mm-hmm. And, and he really gave me a word for the national prayer committee. When I shared with them uh, upon my announce announcement of leadership and, and commissioning was the idea of, um, the hard pruning that I believe the church is experiencing in Job, I'm trying to think, I believe it's Job 14. Job has this conversation, you know, with his friends about all the hardships he's experiencing. And yet, and they said, um, they talk about, is there hope for a tree? And when it's cut down to the stump and it says, yet at the scent of water, this is such, I believe a good word for us right now at the scent of water, it will sprout. And when you look at Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 11, the stump uh, from the root of Jesse. Look at the promise of the Messiah that came from a stump. And I believe right now a lot of people Mm. are looking at the church as a stump. It's been cut off and it looks lifeless. But yet a a scent of water, there, there is a new root and sprout. And and the title of what I shared with, with the National Prayer Committee a few weeks ago was sprouts from droughts. Mm. I believe that we're in a drought still. And I, if you go back to first King 17, where Elijah pronounced this drought yep. for three yep. years, I think right. there's a lot of parallels to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that God's leaders and his intercessors are the ones that will, mm-hmm. that will somehow determine the end of this drought. I think we're still in it. But I believe that there's there are sprouts growing from this drought and there are sprouts growing from the stumps of what we once looked at as maybe great or mighty things. And now we realize when they're cut back, what do you really have? And all we need is a sprout. And I see those sprouts happening all over. Well, that's really good. So are you encouraged that the revival that we have been praying for will come, likely to come? What's, what's your sense? Well, my sense, uh, something really interesting to me is when we meet every year for the National Prayer Committee in January, mm-hmm. we met in January of 2020. And and through a, a friendship that I built with a woman named, we had talked about her, Janine Brabone. She was a college student at Asbury. And, and she really was the root source mm-hmm. of the Asbury Revival of 1970. And some, some people watching this will know what that is, but it's worth looking up. Um, oh, it um, is. It's, it was amazing. And God, yes. It was. And, you know, as we as we were going into 2020, this is January, there were over 20 national events planned that year. And I was leading one of them that was going to happen in July of 2020. 
And only, I think, one or two happened before COVID mm -hmm. kind of shut everything down. Mm -hmm. We had such a strong sense, Randy, in January 2020 as prayer leaders that God was go about to do something remarkable. Mm. And then the world changed. Yeah. And never if we could have imagined what happened. But I really believe, honestly, that out of that and what is still a very difficult time for God's people, that those are the seeds and the foundation of of a real revival and awakening in America. And I really honestly believe that. I believe that we're not quite there yet, but I think God just had to get everything back to where he needed it to be. There are so many faithful people in America. There's so many faithful people. And I know it, it can look really bleak and overwhelming, but yeah. God's really mm -hmm. shown me a lot, especially since 2020 about those things just need to happen from time to time. Yeah. So I, you know, assume that I am just a church going follower of Christ. You know, I'm into my Bible on a daily basis. You know, I'm in a fellowship group. And, uh, you know, I see the culture around me very secular and just off the off the charts in so many ways. Speak to me is it, what you'd want to tell me either to do or to think or to trust or believe, whatever. What would you want to tell a typical average church going follower of Jesus in America today? I would tell them to make sure that they. This is very basic where I'll start, but they keep their eyes focused on Christ. We, I believe one of the major problems that we have as people is our eyes are distracted towards what the messages that we're hearing that aren't godly centered in their, in their roots and their origins. So media being one specifically yeah. that I believe that really Satan is having a field day with our minds. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe that uh, according to second Chronicles, you know, the very familiar passage to a lot of people, yep. if my people called by my will humble themselves and pray. And, and I believe you and I talked about that, you yeah, know, we did this idea of, of humbling ourselves. And if we can start with ourselves, you know, when we look at the world, the world is a reflection of the faithfulness of the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. So if we see issues, what I tell people, and I do this myself, is look in the mirror first. Yeah. Before you get before you get judgy. Yeah. Before you look at everybody else's problems. Yep. You know, what are my problems? What yeah. are the things that I'm doing to contribute to mm -hmm. this? And that's where I that's what I would say for people. It's a good place to start. That's great. I mean, it's so tempting to blame those terrible non-Christians for behaving like non-Christians. Right. Sorry, they don't have the spirit of God in them, but what That's we right. need to point, we need to look in the mirror, the followers of Christ behaving like non-Christians, following the cultures around. Yeah. And as you say, it's very pervasive with these phones we have and the media and so on, just constantly bombarding us with, you know, hey, I deserve this and i deserve to live out of my feelings and rather than the yeah. truth and to obey even if i'm rejected or laughed at or whatever it is and uh, so we got to have courage and keep our eyes on jesus and listen to him and and when he says to get out of the boat we take that step of faith out of the boat that is so good joe yep. anything else Absolutely. you want to add before we close 
Anything else you want? Yeah, to I just, say? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just a just a further encouragement to that. You know, it yeah. begins really with keeping our individual focus. But I, what I tell people all the time is, God is always constantly doing a new thing. You know, I believe that's Isaiah forty-one that. Yeah that God is doing something new and he is doing something new right now. And what I tell people is you have to stand on Matthew 16 upon this rock. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. And if you're a believer and you're looking at America and you believe that the church is losing, Mm -hmm. go back and really think about what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, in my opinion, that the church the movement of God is an unstoppable force. And I really, I tend to believe that the only way that unstoppable force comes to a stop is because God's people are the ones restricting what God wants to do. He's allowed us into this partnership. Prayer is an absolute critical part of yes. that partnership that we have to be praying for the forces of the kingdom of God beginning in us and yep. through us. Pray for your pastors, pray for your local churches, Yes, that you would be faithful and forget all the noise and really focus on seeing the unstoppable nature of what God really can do in a person's heart and soul. So obviously there's a lot more I could say about that, but boy, I hope that's an encouragement for people uh, listening and watching. That's great, Jeff. And let me say this, Randy, I want to tell everyone how much I appreciate you and the ministry and the calling that you have here in West Michigan and Grand Rapids and having attended several of your meetings and knowing what you're doing. Um, after we met just a couple weeks ago, I shared with some people around me. I said, did you know there's a, an incredible couple that have felt called to intercede for our area and specifically our city? And it was such an encouragement to people. I said, that's really their sole focus. Mm-hmm is praying for this awakening in, in West Michigan. And so I just want everyone to know how grateful I am for you and your wife and what, and what you do and your commitment to that and knowing you, this isn't just, Oh, I'm trying this out, but you're really committed to our area. And that is a gift for those of us that live here in the same community. That's a gift to all of us. So I want to say thank you for that. Well, our, it's our glory. It's our joy. It, it, it's it's our calling. And uh, we're delighted to do it. And we're going to keep praying until God pours out his spirit and power and yes. bringing thousands, hopefully millions of people to newfound faith in Christ. Uh, we want to see it. And I know he does. So why don't you close us in prayer, would you, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we thank you for a um, chance to, to connect this way. And for anyone listening that might be discouraged or or mm. feel despair, hopelessness about, about our world or about their life or their church or whatever it is, Lord. We know that you are the bringer of hope. Yes. And in this last couple of years, it's been a difficult time for so many people. And Lord, I just want to pray for them right now that, that if they're discouraged, that you would bring hope into their hearts. Mm. And that hope is not made up or just positive thinking, Lord. It's your Holy Spirit. It's the work on the cross. It's mm. the things that uh have proven to us from you that that we are worth um what you said we're worth and that's everything Amen. so father thank you for that and i pray lord that as a result of this there would be more and more people interceding mm-hmm. 
for our country and for our communities, for our schools, for our generations, Lord, that you would have your way, Lord, in this time in our country where there's a lot of difficulties, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of anger, negativity. Mm-hmm. Lord, we turn our eyes to you, mm-hmm. the where our help comes from. Amen. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Jeff. Thank you again for spending time. Love it. Love your heart. And I will encourage our thank people you. to keep praying for you and for you know the National Prayer Committee, National Day of Prayer but to be involved in praying themselves regularly, not giving up until God does come through with a mighty move. So God bless you, Jeff. Thanks again. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.